Welcome to the FU Autoimmune Podcast, where I interview experts, businesses, and autoimmune warriors that will help you fight against autoimmunity so you don't feel alone. Before I introduce my next guest, here's an ad that made this podcast possible. Today, I'm introducing Lana Bootner. She is a board-certified functional health coach and former competitive athlete. Lana is also an autoimmune warrior who inspires others through sharing her story and now supporting clients on their own health journey, living with chronic conditions. I brought her on the show to share her journey. So let's get started. Well, thank you so much, Donna, for taking your time to interview with me. I've been wanting to interview for some time because my mom also has AS, and I appreciate your willingness to to come on the show. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. Yeah. Um, please, please let us know where you're connecting from. I am based in Munich, Germany. And from my understanding, you tra- you are a traveler. You you've traveled many different places because of your past. Is that correct? Yes. So I was uh, born and raised in France, and then I did my studies in my university in the U.S. Um, lived in Chicago for a bit. My parents moved to the U.S. to to New York and Connecticut. So I lived there for a bit. And I've been in Germany now for the past six years. So I've, uh, yeah, been around a little bit for sure. <laughs> yeah, a little humble there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, want to just let people know, just in case they don't know what ankylizing spondylitis is. Can you just give what that um, autoimmune disorder is? Sure. So uh, ankylosing spondylitis is an autoimmune condition, which impacts uh, the spine, the lowest spine. A lot of people have lower back problems, the sacroiliac joints. And it's also like many other autoimmune conditions related into other symptoms like fatigue, stiffness, digestive issues, and just a lack of, of energy, of vitality. And so it's a bit of a, it's similar to rheumatoid arthritis. So it's just a systemic inflammation um, that's mostly targeting the spine, but can also impact other uh, you know organs and joints so um, yeah well, I'm so sorry that that has happened to you from my understanding this has happened to you about seven years ago yes um exactly I've gotten the diagnosis seven years ago but I've probably lived with it now for 10 years already mm. um, so quite a long time already yeah yeah and if you can remember from 10 years ago, what were some signs and symptoms of something was off? Because you were very healthy playing tennis. I was. I was. I thought I was doing a lot of uh, the right things for my health. But um, at that time, 10 years ago, I was in playing college tennis at a university in the U.S. So I had a scholarship. It was a lot of tennis, a lot of sports. 
And um, one year I just started having lower back issues. I was feeling very fatigued. I had some digestive issues. And um, yeah, for, for a long time, the doctors just thought it, would, it was a injury from all these years of high intensity sports. Uh, and it just didn't get better and uh, for me I kind of knew something was off and it just didn't feel like a normal athlete sports injury and uh, that's how I then investigated it once I was done with college and found a rheumatologist who did all the different testing MRI genetic testing and just looking at my symptoms and that's then how I got the diagnosis. How long did it take to find a rheumatologist and go through all that testing? So I was quite lucky. It all went pretty quickly. I was able to find a, a rheumatologist in New York City, and um, she was very on point, did all the tests, and, and I got the diagnosis very quickly. But I know I'm, I'm one of the, the lucky ones where the process was, even if it's three years, it's very... It's quite short actually and, and you probably know as well from your own experience um, that some people live with in such a condition for 10 15 20 years before they get a diagnosis and that be, can be quite hard mentally and physically to not have an answer to those chronic symptoms so for me yeah it was a, a big step and milestone to get the diagnosis it sounds like you were very in tune with your body um, to know something was off, even though people told you or doctors told you, no, you're fine. Yes. And I think that maybe that comes from being an athlete. I think it's just we work a lot with our body and we know, you know, those typical sports injuries. And um, yeah, like you said, I just felt deep down that something was not normal and that kind of pushed me to advocate for my health and, and look for those specialists and then finally the rheumatologist. Yeah. Based on what you know now, what do you think triggered these symptoms? So it's really a combination of factors. Um, I mean, it's very well known that some autoimmune conditions like ankylosing spondylitis have a genetic uh, factor uh, about it, but that doesn't mean that the gene will activate in a person. And usually we need the environment to, to do this. And um, for me, it was, you know, over-exercising, a lot of stress in college between studying, traveling with sports, probably didn't have the best diet at that time. It was very, very carb-heavy, lots of pasta. Um, didn't have the best sleep either, still had some gut issues. And we know as well, um, and it's actually a very interesting fact is that in every autoimmune condition that has been studied, they, they've found that there's a leaky gut that happens. So like this gut, gut issues for people. And so that was definitely my case as well. Um, so really, yeah, looking at all these factors, um, that was kind of like the different signals from my body to be like, hey, something is off here. Um, but I wasn't listening at the beginning and that, that took some time until I, I understood how to listen to my body. Yeah. And it sounds like you've done a, quite a bit of work and healing since then. 
to get you to where you're at now? Definitely. Um, and I think, you know, one on one hand, it's the own research and experiments that I did. And just, I became really um, passionate or interested to, to look at it and try and understand what's going on. And then I also ma made sure to support myself with the, the care team and kind of went into the direction of functional medicine to try and look at those root causes of, of this condition. Um, and that was very helpful to be able to do a lot of different testing and trying different diets as well. And that's how, how I found the autoimmune protocol. Um, and that was very helpful at the beginning as well. And so, yeah, just it's all about experiments. And as we know, every journey is different for people that have autoimmune conditions. So it's kind of like, how do you become the best advocate for your own health and, and figure out what works for you? It, it sounds like you have an open mind to do all these different experiments. Um, would you mind sharing any tools, you know, hacks, experiments that have, have worked for you? Yeah, well, there, there's quite a few. And I think, you know, what worked for me um, doesn't mean it's going to work for others, probably who are listening here and who have an, another autoimmune condition. But one thing that was quite key for me at the beginning was working on my gut health and just really trying to, to get rid, rid of those symptoms and kind of reestablish a, a strong gut health. This was, this was really key. And then um, a big one was learning how to rest. And that was something I was, I never really did as an athlete in college at work. And I think for everyone living with a chronic condition, this is so key is like really learning how to slow down. And it's the whole mind body connection, right? Like how, what does my body need right now in this moment? And that allowed me then to experiment with nutrition, different types of movements, exercise, um, even mindsets. I think that was a key one, especially once after you first get a diagnosis, you kind of go through this roller coaster of emotions. And um, even sometimes getting in, I, I used to be in this victim mindset of like, why is this happening to me? I'm, I'm doing all these right things. And so this has been key to kind of shift that mindset as well and, and look at my health and look at what's happening in a, in a different light. Um, and that kind of empowered me to then focus on, on what I can control. And I think, you know, then the tools, you will figure them out with time. But I think, if, yeah, if I could share that with your listeners is to, to, to look into that for sure. From going, uh, it sounds like you, there was that shift. Uh, I think you already answered this question, but how long did it take for you to shift from going to tennis to having this diagnosis? You said that you had this victim mindset, but what, do you remember what created that shift of, I'm no longer a victim, I'm going to do X, Y, Z? Yeah, it's a great question. So 
I think it's hard to pinpoint a, a specific time frame on it. Um, I just know that with that emotional roller coaster, it was also very important to kind of sit with those more difficult emotions. And it's okay to feel sad, to feel frustrated and, and alone and completely overwhelmed with what's going on. And that's part of it. And I think acknowledging those emotions is also part of the work. But then the more and more I got, um, I had a bit of, of different context around this. So I got more information of what impacts the autoimmune condition. That's what helped me then to shift it and to realize this is my opportunity to change something about my lifestyle and see it kind of almost like as a little wake up call of, hey, I need to make some changes. And yeah, and that over time kind of helped me to build the, the resilience. Um, and it, was, it wasn't easy. It, it took a lot of time and a lot of downs as well. Um, it's, it's a long process, right? So um, it's just, I think it's a lot of, yeah, self, self-kindness, self-love, uh, patience to, to do this inner work, but it's, it's so important. It sounds like you, you really took time to take care of yourself, even though it was a, a long journey. What supports people helped you along that path? What, what kind of support you mean? Like a people support? That, yes. That yeah. um, so for me, it was key to kind of look to build my care team. Uh, so from professional professionals, practitioners. Um, I had a functional health coach, uh, sorry, a functional doctor on my team. Um, I had, um, I was getting like massages or osteopaths for my back. So that was really important as well. Uh, so to kind of touch both on like the physical and the mental aspects. Um, I've even worked with the, the therapist in the past as well to kind of uncover all those emotions that were behind. And then very importantly, the community as well. Um, I made sure to kind of try and connect with others that live with ankylosing spondylitis and to hear from their experiences. And, and that was very helpful. And then even just close, close ones, like friends and family. And it's, it's not easy to open up and to share what's going on on such a deep level, but being able to do it has been very helpful. And, um, to know in, in those challenging times that you can go back to those people and they're there to support you. Sounds like you have a lot of great people on your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky for sure. And I know you kind of spoke about this a little bit, but about creating this world that you needed, you know, creating these boundaries. How were you able to create that shift going from how you lived, how did you create those, those boundaries of what you needed? Um, with time as well, I think time and, and those experiments I talked about, and I think um, it was kind of learning how to prioritize my health again. And for, with the boundaries that was, it was very important to be able to recognize when something is going to take you into a more difficult path or something is more supporting for your health and just learning to say no to some things and 
um, a bit of a shift in, in commitment and in priorities in life, whether it's work or just a work-life balance. And um, we talked earlier about the whole like mind-body connection and listening to what the body wants to, to, to tell us. And for me, that cons consistently helps me to maintain those boundaries and um, to support my health. journaling or meditation involved to get you in the right mindset or how did you maintain that or experiment with that definitely mindfulness has been a, a big part as well and um, you know I talked about learning how to rest and, and learning to slow down and be with those difficult emotions be with the pain and so mindfulness and practicing meditation um, has been has been key and I still do it today because it's I think it just helps with that consistency in my in my habits any special apps or any websites that helped you get there or was this through your therapist anything you can share on that I yeah I use in the app insight timer um, I really like it because they have both just a normal timer. If you want to do a meditation on your own, you can kind of set yourself accountable with the time. And they have a huge pool of guided meditations from, you know, five minutes to an hour, night meditations, sleep ones, um, different people that guide it. And yeah, I really like it. And so that kind of helps me to, it has a little track as well on how often you do it. So helps me to, to keep me accountable. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely put a link on there for people that never heard of Insight Timer. I'm wondering if you don't mind going back to the difference between the U.S. getting your help there and where you're located now. In, in Germany, the, the functional medicine, the available of clean resources, food, was, has that been any different that you recall or notice? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think obviously the healthcare system is, is very different. Um, there's, so here it's once you're in the public health system, you're very well supported and um, you have access to a lot of doctors. And I know from my time living in the US that this can be a problem for a lot of people when they have crazy co-pays or medications out of pocket and uh, access to more the more integrated functional doctors is all out of pocket. So this can be difficult for someone that's looking for this more alternative integrative paths and and here where I am in Germany um, functional doctors are not are also not part of the healthcare system but some of the services are um, and then for example if I were to take medication or immune, immune suppressing medication this would all be supported by the health insurance so that I know is a huge help which obviously a lot of people uh, use and in terms of access to, to food, healthy food, um, I mean, I think uh, Europe, uh, or at least what well, Germany, France, they were, were known as well for a lot of the fresh food and 
but something that I prioritize as well is organic food and um, yeah, just getting high quality products. Um, there's definitely a lot of availability here for, for that. What would you say, I know you've done the AIP diet, but what would you say is your diet now? What does it look like as far as meat to vegetable ratio or um, organ meats? What, what does that look like for you in today? I, yeah, I eat a lot of, so my, my focus is still on on whole foods so I try as much as possible to stay away from any type of processed food because we know with autoimmune conditions uh, you know gluten dairy sugar all these can really impact our, the gut health and then cause some flares and just that overall inflammation so I I try and really eat a lot of vegetables and, and then just those healthy carbs like you know sweet potatoes potatoes um, a bit of a bit of grains for sure here and there so I don't follow an AIP diet anymore but I would say yeah healthy protein good fats um, and a lot of vegetables is kind of like the the main part um, I don't eat a lot of red meat actually so um, I'm more focused on on fish and poultry and um, bone broth, I love bone broth. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about bone broth for gut health, how helpful that is. Um, and uh, yeah, just trying to cook a lot. I think that that adds to the whole process of discovering what types of food are good for, for your own health. Yeah, that, that, that does a good segue. So you, you cook a lot now, how did you discover how to get cooking or how did you start experimenting that way? The more I read about what kind of diet or nutrition protocol I wanted to follow for this autoimmune condition, the more I realized that it's in my control as well, what I put in my body. And the best way to control that is if I get to decide what I want to eat and how it's cooked. And um, for a really long time when I was doing AIP, I wasn't going into restaurants too much because, you know, they use a lot of those processed oils and there's just a lot of things you don't know what's, what's actually happening. So the more I found recipes of things I wanted to try uh, and just, yeah, try it myself and cook and um, that kind of helped to develop my skills. I'm not a the greatest of cooks, but, um, you know, I try and keep it simple. I think that's, that's maybe a message to share as well is it can be overwhelming when you look at those different ways of eating. Um, and so, yeah, keeping it simple has been, has been very key and it's just fun. I think just making it fun is also another helpful little tool to just find different recipes that you like and, um, surprising to see how much you can actually eat still and just by making some some you know finding a different flour or substituting another vegetable for something so um, yeah that's a bit how how I approach my cooking yeah almost like a art <laughs> yeah you could say that <laughs> yeah. what is your go-to recipe that you have to have at least once a month or once every other week so my go-to is a, a big salad with sweet potatoes that I roast in the oven and then sardines. 
Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's very simple. It can be done in you know half hour, but I know I feel great after. I feel full. I've it's nutrient dense, and uh, yeah, kind of always works. <laughs> yeah, always fills you up. It sounds like exactly yes. Okay, well, um, let me. Let me ask you about this um, question, kind of revert back to if you can give yourself one old piece, um, your old self, one piece of advice, what would you say to it? Hmm. Or to her, <laughs> what would you say to her? Um, I would just say, like, be kind to yourself. And, and maybe with that, you know, like to take it slowly. And I think that's what I wish I had understood back then when everything seemed so overwhelming with the diagnosis, with just not, not knowing what my next steps would be. Um, so yeah, to take it slow and allow yourself really time to rest. And I love the, the phrase, more being and less doing. And I think that's something that I still stick to even now. But yeah, I wish back then, or that's the message I would share now to my younger self. What is the biggest challenge you're facing now and how are you tackling it? Biggest challenge? Um, well, I have a, a new job and um, there's just a lot of different commitments. And um, as a coach, I'm, I'm there to, to help others now. So I think, and by, you know, wanting to kind of like walk the talk as well and so continuing to support my health. And I think, um, yeah, it's just that, just reminding myself to also prioritize my own health so that I can best be there to serve others. And I think it's just that daily reminder um, that I, I try and stick to. For your advice and what what has worked for you and since you mentioned coaching what what is your vision going forward with this coaching that you're doing yeah so health coaching um i mean this is kind of has become my passion project or you know just my my passion in, in life is to be able to to guide and support others on, on their health journey, living with chronic conditions. And I've been there and, and I wish I had a coach, a health coach seven years ago when I got the diagnosis. And so that's kind of what's pushing me every day to be able to be there for others. And so the vision is really to be able to, to scale uh, the, the health coach, help to scale the, the health coaching profession and I really believe that this is a, a powerful addition in, in a person's care team. Yeah. You've gone through so much and had to navigate it on your own. I mean, obviously you had professionals with doctors, but the health coach aspect was, was missing. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I think you know, doctors and they're, they're so helpful in, in helping with the tests and kind of helping with the protocols. But I mean, health coaching is 
is all about behavior change and it's about those lifestyle changes. And I think it just offers that layer of accountability and support that just doctors don't have the time for or are not trained to and look at all these aspects of someone's life and how it impacts their health. And um, yeah, I mean, as you know, it's a very fast growing profession and uh, it's just it's just great to see that people believe in it and and support it. Yeah. Now we're down to the last two questions I asked everybody. What gives you or what keeps you motivated during hard times? That I know that things will get better. And um, as I mentioned, it's it's always that's life. It's ups and downs, and it's about kind of like learning how to respond to more difficult times and to build that resilience. And um, that's yeah, that's how I stay motivated. I know, I know what I can focus on and focus on those little things that bring me joy and peace, and practice that self love and self kindness and that. Yeah, that is kind of what helps during hard times. Especially this new transition that you're embarking. It sounds like you're doing a lot of that self-love. Um, before we part, how can people find you and work with you? Yeah, so I have a website. Um, so it's lanabutna.com. Uh, maybe you can share the, the spelling later Absolutely. on. And then on, on Instagram as well, at Lana Butna. And that's where I have a lot of information about my journey and kind of sharing my lifestyle and, and hope to inspire others on, on their journeys with chronic conditions. And yeah, here to help. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I know it is completely the other side of the world. What time is it over there, by the way? It is almost 7 p.m., Yes. Well, mm -hmm. I will let you rest the rest of the night and I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for your time again. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to my interview with Lana. She has come a long way and inspiring others now. To work with Lana or follow her on Instagram, see the show notes below. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow or subscribe to the show. If you have time, leave a rating or review. Please share this episode with fellow autoimmune warriors so they too can have hope. Thank you.